Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the 30th edition of Where They At. My name is Nabate Isles, and it's always a pleasure to feature unbelievable guests, people that have really excelled and really uh, set uh, a high standard in the sports that they played. So it's always a pleasure to talk with these individuals. And first, remember to subscribe and or follow Where They At so you hear all these great interviews that I've been blessed to conduct. But this particular edition, it's a real blessing. This man is one of my favorite players growing up for sure and and definitely one of the most exciting players that the NBA has seen in the past 30 years and uh, this gentleman he started out on the streets of Chicago being part of the rich basketball history that's been part of the shy for forever and he he's definitely one of the names that are on the peak of the mountain of uh, of great players especially point guards from Chicago and he played under the great coach and pioneer at the University of Texas El Paso Mr. Don Haskins and and for those of you you that don't know Don Haskins led the first all black starting lineup to win a national championship, an NCAA championship in 1966. He went on to join the Golden State Warriors as one of a member of one of the great, most exciting uh, trios that we've ever seen in the league called Run TMC. He was the point guard leading uh, that triumvirate. And he went on to have five all star appearances, uh, five all NBA appearances as well. Definitely one of the great point guards of his day. And he went Went on to do some coaching as well and do community service and, and be able to really be a great, great humanitarian for those and touching people's lives. It's my pleasure to have on the 30th edition of Where They At, the one and only Mr. Tim Hardaway Sr. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. I can't complain. You know, life is beautiful, you know, um, in spite of this pandemic, but, you know, life is beautiful. Yes. Family is healthy and, you know, I always want to um, thank the first responders and yes, sir. The, uh, police officers, the, the, the uh, nurses, the doctors, everybody, uh, everybody that, uh, you know, just, just out there in the front line. Wow, wow. Sound like a German shepherd there, you know? Yeah, yeah, small, small dog. Okay. Everybody, you know, they, they think they big stuff when they in the house. <laughs> no doubt until they get outside and really yeah. encounter a German yeah. shepherd. You know? When they go outside and see a dog, they, then they be barking from a distance and then they be, then, then he shut up when he you know, when he leaves, but you know, he's a good watchdog for when somebody come in, ring doorbell or something like that, then he'll bark, you know, tell us that somebody here. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> Where you at, Mr. Hardaway? Where you at? What you up to? And and I know you had an event in Las Vegas recently, a basketball event that went on. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm in West Bloomfield, Michigan. Um, I was here with the Pistons for about four years. Then after we got let go a couple of years ago, my daughter was in high school, her last two years of high school. We didn't want to take her out of her, uh, you know, her element and all around her friends and the teachers and her familiarity of everybody. So uh, we, uh, we said, look, we just gonna stay here and um, until you finish and we'll figure it out. Uh, we found us a nice home out here in West Bloomfield. We love it out here. Um, you know, it's only four hours away from Chicago on a drive, I-94 West. So, you know, we just, we, we just enjoying everything, man. We just enjoying it and 
and loving where we at and, 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 you know, meet a lot of friends and, mm-hmm. and I'm, it's just genuine here, man, just genuine. Um, you know, I still, I, I dibble and dabble on a lot of things. I'm uh, president of Banneker Watches, black owned company watch. Um, and if you go on our um, website, bannerkerwatches.com, you'll okay. see all type of um, watches that we uh, are selling on the website. Now, Tim, um, Tim sorry to interrupt, Banneker for Benjamin Banneker, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then I'm involved with this uh, company called Dream Dribble. I endorse it. I'm endorsing the um, silent dribbler um, that's, that, that's in your house that kids can use or grown-ups can use. Um, if you're still fond of basketball, if you're still, you know, fond of playing the game, if you're still fond of dribbling the basketball, but you can't, you know, it's your parents or uh, uh, people down below, especially in apartments, you know, hate to hit a ball bouncing like uh, uh, people in a bubble uh-huh. <laughs> all, all around. Uh, you know, I like Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he, yeah, right, right. It <laughs> helped him out with, not making noise, That's but it's, right. uh, it's silence um, dribbling um, device that, you know, help kids out with their fundamentals and repetition of dribbling the ball in a correct way. Down, butt down, knees bent, um, in a triple threat, head up, you know, and just it's doing um, just different um, dribbling uh, moves on the, on the device. So I'm involved with that. And, um, you know, but those two are the main two that, you know, that you go on the website and, and, and check them out and, and get one for your kids or, or get, you know, a watch for your uh, significant other or, your, you know, or yourself. So that's what I'm involved in and I'm enjoying it. And, and, you know, everybody, you know, still trying to make moves, still trying to, you know, uh, uh, put uh, food on the table and, and, and pay them bills, man. So that's, I'm still the same way. I'm doing the same thing everybody else doing. Yes, sir. No, no, that that's real. And, and and speaking of that, coming up in Chicago, coming up in the in 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 pretty much you know a rough environment in the shy, seventies and eighties. You know what I mean? Like, and and your father Donald, um, you know he served in the army, but was a playground legend, six two in the shy. And your mom Gwendolyn was a guiding force. You know, so talk about how they guided you to be the person and the athlete that you became. Oh man, you know, um, when, when they say, uh, um, it takes a village to raise a kid, it definitely takes a village to raise a kid. Um, in the seventies, eighties, you know, nineties, it was drug invest invested. Uh, it was gang invested. And, um, you know, it, I mean, you had to be really tough and you had to have some great parents beside you. Yes, to understand that, you know, that's the way you didn't want to go. Um, you had to um, get your education, had to go to school. Um, if you had to, you know, they, they, you know, back then my mom told me sticks and stones and break your bones and names would never hurt you. Words never hurt you. Mm-hmm. I was looking at um, Deion Sanders today on his Instagram, man. You know, he has a lot of positive things to say. But um, he said today that, that, that really stuck with me, that I, it's been a model of mine for, since my mom told me that, you know, um, you don't know me. You know, somebody, I guess somebody was talking to him about him on Instagram. He was like, oh, something negative. He said, you don't know me. You know, I don't know you. And, you know, I'm not going to let you put me down or say something about me that's going to hurt me or, or mm-hmm. say something about me that's going to um, um, 
make me mad, make me upset, uh, make me, you know, go into a shell or anything like that. You don't know me. I'm that. I'm not the one. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a guy that that is all about positive. You know, all about positivity. You know, when somebody talks about me, that just knows that it just makes me greater. You yes. know, me, yes, sir. Puts me, I'm, 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 I'm on your mind. I must mean something to you or something like that. And um, so that's the way I, I grew up. You know, if I'm on your mind, if, if you know, if, if you got something, um, if you mad at me about something, that means I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how, that's how my parents taught me. And that's how I always been. You know, always have confidence in yourself. Always go out there, no matter what you do, playing basketball, you know, uh, just walking, uh, being a man you're going to be. Just have confidence in yourself. My, my parents uh, instilled in that to me. Back then, we had parents, you know, that mm-hmm. could talk to you. And mm-hmm. back then, they was at home. You know, my parents, they divorced at a younger age. But my mm-hmm. mom said, look, you know, and my dad said, if he ever get out of line or these two ever get out of line, don't hesitate to call me because I will be there. Mm. One day I tried that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the oldest, too. You're the oldest. You know? <laughs> when I tried that, it was knock on the door. Guess what? It was my. And I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I got what, you know, I needed because, you know, he told me, you know, you never believe <clears throat> what your parents tell you until they do it. And when he told me that, I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. So when, that, when my mom called, he came over there and got me straight. Hey, you know, I believe, you know. And I, and I tell my kids today, you know, and I try to tell the kids today, even though we older than you, you know, we know more than you. We experience life. Facts, facts. You, you know, mm-hmm. so don't tell us we don't know nothing because we old. This, this, this just didn't happen, what you doing today. You know, what you're trying to do today, how you trying to get over on people today, how you think you got it, how did y'all think y'all thought about it? It's been tried many, 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 That's many right. times, years and years and years. And medieval years. days and, pre- and prehistoric days. No, and so, so what makes you think that you're the only one that's thought about this and tried it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so we, try to, we try to educate these young people just like my parents educated me and made me understand, you know, be patient. Mm-hmm. Patient is a virtue. Take mm-hmm. your time in doing stuff. Don't be mad at something that you can't control. Only, the only thing you can be mad at is what you can't control, and that's yourself. Self. Controlling yep. yourself and controlling what you do and how you do it, that's the only thing that you should be worried about. And, um, you know, that's, that's what my, my parents always instilled in me. And that's what, um, you know, and they was hardworking parents. You know, after my mom and dad divorced, my, my mom, you know, we, my mom took care of my, my brother and I. You know, we, we lived in a, a nice apartment, but it was only one bedroom. My mom slept on the couch, got up every morning, went to school. I, had, I mean, went to work. I had to take care of my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to school, had to get him ready for school, had to get myself ready for school, I had to drop him off. Then I had to go to school. You know, this all was in high school and eighth grade, high school, and then on and on and on. But, you know, man, it was, um, it was, I just grew up. I had to grow up. You know, we ate, we ate pork and beans and hot dog, uh, you know, <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, yep. and, I, and when I tell my kids that, they like pork and beans and hot dog. I said, man, 
That was the best meal in the world. <laughs> I still love pork and beans and hot sauce. If I put some, I mean, uh, hot dogs. If I put some pork and beans on, cut up them hot dogs, put them on that, I'm good. I'm good. They don't understand it all, Dad. You old. No, 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 man. That's survival, brother. Yep. That's survival, kids. And yes. um, so, uh, but yeah, man, you know, my mom, she worked very hard and uh, made us understand, you know, uh, respect people. Um, don't lie to folks. Um, mm-hmm. Always command respect. Um, always be confident in yourself, mm-hmm. and always work hard to get what you want, how you want it. So you won't have to look behind you and 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 and, and worry about things. So you know, no my mom, she she was always there for me. She fought for me. You know, I had when I was little, somebody took my dog and she ran after them and got my dog back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, this is a long wow. time. That was also also Gail Divas, Flojo stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, my mom's always been in my brother and I corner, and mm. um, you know, and they still alive today, which is a blessing. Oh, that's a blessing, yes, sir. Man, Same with me. To, my parents, they're still yeah, they're still alive. Yes, and, you know, I get to talk to them, and and um, you know, we 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 don't take advantage of of them right now, uh, like we should. You know, mm-hmm. we should take advantage of their knowledge. We should take advantage of, you know, what they're talking about, you know, about this pandemic, about, you know, life in general, about looting, what's going on around the country and everything yep. and, what, and what and how people are fed up with injustice and why they are fed up with injustice because they've been there. Yes. You know, yes. We haven't been there. They've been there. Yes, they, for sure. Have, you know, they have witnesses. And they they was a they was about it, you know. My dad mm-hmm. said he was scared to drive when he got his driver's license. He said he got stopped yep. every day yep. when he drove the car. He got at 16, 17 years old. He got stopped every day, every day, day man. every wow. day, just yeah. by, I mean, by a different officer. Just say, hey, let me see your license mm-hmm. registration, just because he was black. So yeah, you know, it, it's been going on and on and on. And you know he, he he him and my mom they talk about it and and I just listen to him and I say you know I, I, I just give me wisdom so I can understand exactly you know what's going on because in the seventies and eighties I'm talking about gangs I'm talking about how to get away from gangs I'm talking about how to get away from drug dealers I'm talking about how yep. to get you know drugs not doing drugs and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. so it was a different ball game when we was growing. And, and your father was respected, you know what I mean? And they made sure, all the people around in the neighborhood made sure to leave you alone because you Donald Hardaway's son. You know what? That goes a long way. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Like in them days, you got to know somebody. You got mm-hmm. to know somebody so then people will leave you alone, man. So right. I, knew, I knew the right person. I was his son. That's <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Here on the 30th episode of Where They At with the great Tim Hardaway, great point guard, played in the league for 13 seasons, uh, 13 to 14 years, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no question he will be in the Hall of Fame sooner than later for sure. My name is Nabateau. So, Tim, you were good friends with uh, a name that not many of, of the younger generation know about, Benji Wilson. Yeah. You know, that name, like he was, talk about how great he could have been if his life wasn't just, if it wasn't taken from him so tragically. Man, you know, I hear people talk about Benji and when I hear him talk about him, 
I was, I, I'd be like, you know, some of y'all really, really, really don't know Ben Wilson mm. when I hear them talk, but they've been around him, but they never spent time with him. Mm. You know, they never hung out with him. They ne- never played ball with him. Yes. You, you know, we played ball against each other mm-hmm. from freshman to, you know, his passing. We played ball during the summer against each other and with each other. Yeah. And um, on, on, on uh, pickup teams and um, little teams that, you know, was created going to different tournaments that we mm-hmm. played in, mm-hmm. man, um, genuine, yep. genuine person, um, a person that you always wanted to be around, very confident person about um, himself and believed in what he can do and how he can do it because, you know, he had doubters in him, too. A lot of people say he couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. He was too slow. He wasn't strong enough. He wasn't, he didn't have this ability to shoot the ball. Uh, a lot of things, man. When, when Coach Hambrick, his coach, he mm-hmm. passed away a while back, too, of cancer. Oh. Simeon. But uh, his coach, Hambrick, when his it's, team, it's Simeon, Simeon High School. Simeon, yeah, yep, Simeon yep. Mm-hmm. We call it Simeon, but it's Simeon. <laughs> oh, Simeon. Okay. It, 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 it's really called Simeon. Oh, but Simeon. everybody in the, in the city it's called it Simeon. Simeon. It's really Simeon. But, um, you know, when his teammates went to go tell Coach Hambrick, they was like, you know, we're not going to be able to win a championship without him mm-hmm. as a freshman or a sophomore. I think it was his sophomore year. And Hambrick – believed in not playing freshmen and sophomores on his varsity team. They're not mature enough. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not ready. Their minds are not ready. Their bodies are not ready. They're not mature enough to come out here and play with me and understand what I'm talking about. When his own team came to him, the captains, and they had a meeting and the team said, without him not only playing on the team, but not starting – that's going to uh, uh, have our team and, and just do, and we're not going to be able to, to, to win games and win championships like we want to win championships. Mm-hmm. And he listened to him. That's the first time he listened to him because he was all about, no, it's about what I do, how I do it, and this is the way we're going to win. But he, he put his ego to side, started Ben Wilson, and he let Ben Wilson – handled the team and, and and the team rallied around him the only thing he had to do was tell ben what to do and how he needed to do it and ben was out there doing it perfectly and what he needed to do because ben always knew what he how he could play mm-hmm. and um he figured everything out you know the game got a little bit faster for him and and, and as a as a um as a uh uh on a varsity team mm-hmm. he got a little faster so he understood that he had to pick up his game Yep, on on a, on a, on a court against grown men, the game got a little physical, a little faster. He got a little physical. He got a little faster. That's right. He got a little better at handling the ball too. Mm-hmm. So six nine. Yeah, six nine. As he started growing, you could see him um, revolving as this top notch ball player across the country. And mm-hmm. man, just playing against him, sitting down on his porch, watching um DePaul. And Illinois have, you know, two or three boxes of gym Ooh. shoes 
Puma. Puma was uh, DePaul. Illinois was a converse. So he 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 said, I can't wear these shoes all. You know, there's too many shoes. Awesome. People knew when the shoes come, they come, he just used to pass them out to the guys, the kids around the neighborhood, stuff like that. But man, Ben, um, you know, um, I don't know what school he would have went to, um, but I would tell you this, man. He would have figured it out, and um, he would have been that that he would have been in the NBA with us too, and he would have played, had a long career in the NBA. But you know, we all miss him, Nick Anderson, myself, Byron Irving. We was all close, and um, you know, all his teammates, of course. Um, but um, he he was he was a very very good talent, and um, you know, we, that that hurt the whole city when he went down. Wow, wow, Tim, that's deep. And 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 you coming up in the Chicago scene, you did those pro am tournaments, you know, against Isaiah. Got to play against Isaiah Thomas, who's like, who's yes indeed, who's like the 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 one of the four Mount Rushmore folks of Chicago basketball. And Ricky Green, people forget about Ricky Green's hops, you know, and his athleticism, and also Mo Cheeks, you know, just made the Hall of Fame recently, one of the most savvy point guards. So, wow, how did that help? you learn and get better you know going into college and then of course being ready to play in the league so easily man I used to go watch them guys play at Chicago State Ricky Green Isaiah Thomas uh Doc Rivers Doc Rivers yes <laughs> Mo Cheeks Carl Nix ah yeah yeah uh you know we call the guy uh Alibaba um Darren Brittman okay Carl Golston Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Stevie. T- I mean, we had a lot of people that could have made the league that never made the league, and we got had a lot of people that made the league, and um, you know, got destroyed by the people that didn't make the league. That's what made us. So, uh, yep. you know, it, it, it's man, just 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 to play against those guys. Um, you know, I had the tutelage there. You know, people was like, you don't want to go to these camps back then. You had to pay to go to them camps, the Nike ABC camp. The camp in um, uh, uh, Five Star Camp. Five Star, yep. Some, some of the other camps. Back then, you had to pay to go to them camps. And my parents didn't have the money to pay for me to go to them camps and spend a night there and, and have change to eat and do this and do that. Yeah. You know, I, and I know most parents, the guys that went up there, you know, they they couldn't do the same thing for them, but they they got away. They had a way and they got it done for them. So I said, look, I got the best of both worlds. I'm playing against NBA guys, yep. and they 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 giving me tutelage all the time. You know, I'm playing against Ricky Graham. I'm playing against Carl Nix. I'm playing against Doc Rivers. I'm playing against Isaiah Thomas. I'm playing against Maurice Cheeks. You know, I'm playing against Carl Golston. I'm playing against Darren Brittman. I'm playing against all these other guys that um uh, that I know. If I take five of them and go up here and play in the All American camp, we'll kill them. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, so and these were just, you know, guys from the park, just out in the streets. So I, I had the best tutelage, and um, man, I, I, I you know, I, I had the best of both worlds, and and um, so, so the way I grew up, man, um, man, it, it, it was so fun to play against those guys and to play with them and to watch them and how they how they could take over a game, how they could take over a day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the park, you know, sometimes a guy just can't miss or he can't do nothing wrong. You just watch him. You see how confident he is that day. And that, and that could take him to another level for the rest of his career. 
Yes. So, man, it, it, it's um, I, like I said, Chicago basketball propelled me to for the rest of my life how to um, understand, um, you know, guys, um, different guys on your team, um, how to bring them along, how to get them confidence, how to, you know, make them play and help you to win games. Because if you lose a game, you're done for five games. And then after, when you try to come back, you, you might, you might not, uh, the, 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 the court might be over with it. You know, after you beat that, that, that one crew, you know, if, the, if it goes back and forth, all right, you win one game, we win one game, and somebody puts you off and they win one, that's a good day. But yeah. if, one team, if one team wins five, six, seven, eight games, and then that team puts them off, uh, the park's like, man, we don't want to play no more. That, that team was the team to beat. Y'all beat them. They must have been tired. So we're not going to, you know, don't nobody really, really, truly want to play anymore. But, um, you know, but that's the way it was, man. And, and you had to understand egos. You know, you had to, you know, um, understand um, people's temper and what they like, what they didn't like. Um, you know, you had to calm people down when they got frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that all goes hand in hand with um, um, being a, um, you know, captain out there on the court being a quarterback out there on the court and wanting to win games. So um, that's what – that's the tutelage that I had to take me to college to understand people, yes. to understand ball players, to understand coaches, take me to that next level to the NBA to understand people, understand my, my teammates, understand coaches and what they're saying, what they want me to do, how they want me to do it, and how I got to instill confidence in my teammates to go out here and play each and every night. So um, – sure. Wow. That's what Chicago is about, man. And, and you and you gotta you gotta have tough skin. You got you got to have tough skin because there's yeah. gonna be some haters. Yep. And sometimes, you know, it's not about hating. It's just about people trying to teach you a lesson and make you understand what you need to work on and how you need to be to make it to that next level. And some some people take it the wrong way and wanna fight instead of going out there playing. And doing right. what they're supposed to do and understand yep. what they're saying. You know, it, I, I call it constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. A lot of these kids today don't can't hear constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do takes them to that next level and takes them above and beyond. Yes, that's deep. Yes, indeed. And we're going to talk more about that because that happens in the NBA where you got to take that constructive criticism, you know, especially when teams look at not just your playing ability, but how you carry yourself with the great Tim Hardaway here. Um, pleasure to have him on. Future Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. He will be there. And now, Coach Hardaway, now you are under the great coach Don Haskins, you know, at, at UTEP. I mean, that history. And I remember you said something that was interesting. You said, you know, I want to get away from Chicago and get to know other people. So El Paso is like definitely different from Chicago. <laughs> you know? So woo, talk about that overall experience. <laughs> um, I think if I would have went anywhere close to Chicago, mm -hmm. I think I would not have made it because mm -hmm. and this, I would always want to come home. Yep. People would always want to come see me. Um, being in El Paso, oh, it was a plane ride away. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> People not taking a plane all the time to come see you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so five hours max driving, they'd come. 
Yeah. But a plane ride, two and a half hour plane ride. So if you're taking two and a half hour plane ride to come see me. And there's no direct flight either. There's no direct flight. You did? You got to stop in Dallas. <laughs> yep. Back then it was Southwest where you stop in two or three places to get somewhere. So it takes <laughs> half the day to get to El Paso. Yep. But man, I'm going to tell you this, man. Um, getting away and going to a place like El Paso. Mm-hmm. Um, that's genuine that's great people yes. no fake people that will um, tell you the truth talk to you like you're a human being talk yes. to you like um, like you uh, are family mm-hmm. um, um, and, 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 and that's if you listen that's if you listen but them are some of the genuinest people in the world they welcome you with open arms and um, invite you into their house and mm-hmm. you're like family to them. And I could not have imagined going to a better situation in my, my life because I, I had so much fun there and I met so many people that are great, genuine people that are great and I'm still in contact with them today. And, um, you know, um, they, you know, they, I mean, we talk about different things, you know, and, and, and that thing that happened in El Paso, that guy that drove, you know, six hours to that, that, um, to the mall, yeah. you know, people in El Paso don't know how to deal with that. Right, right, right. Because, because nothing like that happens in El Paso. Mm-hmm. So when, so when people are not, you know, really looking at it or paying attention to anything, People are like, well, well, how come they didn't pay attention to this? Why didn't they pay attention to that? Because people in El Paso are not like that. People in El Paso just don't come up with, I'm going somewhere and just kill a bunch of people. Yeah. They don't do that. Right. This guy drove six hours to come there to do that. So in El Paso, yeah, that that was devastating. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, all you know, our prayers still go out to those people there. And um, uh, because I know it's still hard for them to, them to deal with that because I mean they like it happened here I didn't, yep. anywhere else it happened here where nothing goes on except the army the army base out there Fort Blitz and people you know they they you might hear some bombs over there or whatever over there shooting over there because they <laughs> want they, they training the training yeah you know? yeah yeah man so but I, I you know just going there playing with a guy like Don Haskins um understanding the culture of basketball and that history, that history. history. But you know, I'm going to tell you this, man. I didn't know. A lot of people didn't know that Nate Archibald went there too. That's right. Tiny. And from the Bronx, from New York, you know, DeWitt Clinton, DeWitt Clinton high school. (laughs) He went to junior college first. First. Mm -hmm. Then he went to Texas El Paso. Uh, Well, uh, uh, not Texas Western. Yep. Texas Western back Mm -hmm. then. But, you know, he went there, and he said he learned a lot from um, Don Haskins, man. You know, and every time I used to talk to him while he was there, with, you know, as assistant coach, he said, you know, I learned a lot from, from Haskins, you know, just how to be a man, how to um, treat people, how mm-hmm. um, um, to uh, – um, because, you know, he was from a big city too. And yep. he had to channel – learn how to channel his anger, learn how to channel, you know, right. his um, – his aggressiveness. Especially being from uptown in the Bronx. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I was the same way. 
you know, I'm from the big city. So um, just listening to Haskins and not only about basketball, but about life and uh, how he really uh, uh, helped the night, the 66 team, not, not, not on a basketball court. They knew they could play basketball. They just knew how to, they just need to know how to play with one another and take that aggression that they had from people not giving them that recognition at that particular mm-hmm. time or, or not taking them seriously at that, at that particular time and knowing how to channel it into something constructive. That's what Haskins taught all his ball players that came through there. And every, every time you talk to a basketball player that played for Don Haskins, they truly loved him. They truly respected him. And they truly, uh, um, um, you know, understood what he was teaching us. No doubt. And, and Tim, I want to share something with you, a recording from a previous episode of Where They At. And uh, it's a surprise, so I want to play for you. So here we go. I thought Don Haskins was crazy for having me guard Tim Hardaway full court with my hands behind That's my right, back. That's right, your teammate. You know yeah. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. During practice. So you want me to guard Tim Hardaway full court with my hands behind my back? I mean, are you crazy? Like, no, I, I can't do it. But days and days of doing that, you get into the NBA, and when you have to switch out on that quick guard, I can keep him in front of me for two or three dribbles. I knew that I could. And of course, Tim Hardaway was an instant sensation in the NBA, of course, with the Golden State Warriors going to yes. Oakland, coincidentally. Yeah, going to Oakland, coincidentally, yeah. <laughs> So I know yeah. he asked you about, you know, where to go and everything, everything. like that, for sure. Everything, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. really, I was happy for him, man. It was mm-hmm. a good place for him to go play. You yes, know? indeed. Uh, Don Nelson kind of opened up the floor and let him yes. go. Yes, right. That's what, that's TMC. What he needed, Run you know TMC. I mean? Yep, yep. All of that. <laughs> All of that. Yes, sir. That's Antonio Davis on where they at. Yeah, that's, I'm going to tell you a story. I remember that time when, when uh, he did that. I thought Don, Don Haskins was crazy for doing it, too. <laughs> um, we all did it, though. You know, we all did that stuff big. Big people, you know, big people stuck guards, and um, he he was he was he was I think really teaching everybody. You could guard whoever. It's just up to you if you want to do it or not. And yep. and and and, um, and if you truly want to do it, and if you truly want to win, that this is how you got to move your feet without using your hands. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it helped out. It helped out. All of us, you know, no question. I got a story to tell too, real quick. Uh-huh. So, so Gary Payton and I, we uh, went on a recruiting class, uh, a recruiting trip to El Paso, to Texas El Paso. Okay. Um, um, we was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to play on the same team? You know, Greg Foster, get Greg Foster. Ooh, yep, from the Bay as well. Mm-hmm. Antonio Davis. And Gary Payton and I. Lord, have my, that's national. That that's UNLV before UNLV. You know, man, <laughs> man, man, you know. But he ended up going to uh, Oregon uh, State. Oregon State, yep. and then um, Greg went. Ended up going to um, to UCLA, but he transferred to El Paso. But you know, it was um, uh, 
it was it was just something to think about. You know, Haskins always after you know we went to the NBA, he's like, man, you know, that would have been something, wouldn't? It? I was like, yeah, that would have been something. That would have been great. That would be. That yeah. would be oh lord, that y'all women undefeated for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, you know. No no, yeah. I mean, Gary and I would have been the, the top trash talkers in the in history of college college collegiate basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And people would have been, oh God, we're playing these cats in the sweet yeah. sixteen. Ah yeah. oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. So, and Tim, you went on to go to state, and Don Nelson, he really believed in you. He believed in you so much to lie to get you. <laughs> you know, I know you told this story, but tell, tell the audience that haven't heard this story about Don Nelson. He wanted you. <laughs> so, so, my agent called me and said, uh, Hey, I said, What's up? He said, You got to pack, you leave and go to state in about two hours. I said, Huh? He said, yeah, you got to get out to O'Hare Airport. You're going to, you're going to Oakland and um, uh, work out for uh, Don Haskins in Golden State. This was the last day that you could work out. Tomorrow mm-hmm. would have been the last day I could work out. Mm-hmm. So I went out there and um, um, I went out there to, to uh, O'Hare Airport. Mm-hmm. Before we took off, it was – I we didn't even take off. It was uh, a typhoon just came through. Yeah. It was just a typhoon. And we was out there. I was out there from like I say because you know they was two hours behind. I got out there about eight o'clock. Plane wasn't gonna leave till about ten, so I was gonna get there about midnight. Oh. Um, I end up leaving O'Hare at two in the morning, two thirty in the morning, Ooh. because they finally canceled the flight. They said we're not gonna be able to get out of here. Yeah. You know, it, it, it still rain. It was still raining. It was still coming down. And everything, and uh, back then, you know, there wasn't Uber or it was just cab. <laughs> I can't take a cab from here all the way to the south side. side. <laughs> you know how much that is? That's gonna be a hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, no, nah, no, nah. right, right, right. <laughs> so I called a friend of mine. Luckily, he was on the west side of Chicago. Uh-huh. It took about 45 minutes instead of an hour and 15 minutes to come get me. Right. So I waited and waited and waited. He picked me up about, what, 3.30 or something like that. I got home about 4. Um, but get to New York. I thought, you know, because I missed the, missed the workout. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know. So you were there. You were there in the building at, at the theater, right? It was at the theater, right. Mass Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. You felt form at the time. I, you know, I, I didn't think nothing about, you know, the Warriors or anything like that. And then I'm like, you know, I suppose I, suppose I went to uh, New Jersey. Jersey picked uh, 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 Mookie Blaylock. Then I said, <laughs> okay, I, 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 know, I, know, I know Andy liked me. Andy liked me. <laughs> Poole Richardson. Uh, no, 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 not Pooh Rich. It was um, George McLeod. George McLeod. George, mm-hmm. George McLeod. Minnesota. Pooh Richardson. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh Lord, what, what, what is going on here? Oh, and I knew Boston. I knew Boston really liked me. Yeah. Uh, uh, my man from um, uh, Michael Smith. BYU. BYU. So I'm like, oh, so where am I? You know, Golden State Warriors select Tim Hardaway. I'm like, Golden State Warriors. Where did that come from? <laughs> So, so we get up there, and he said, "Yeah, man, I've been lying to folks all night. 
<laughs> Nelly. I was to folks all night. He said, yeah, man, I told him you got a bum knee and you only going to play about three years. Yeah, I know I messed up. I know I messed up your money, but he said, I, I really need you here. I really need you here. Yes, yes. I'm like, I mean, what I'm a, I'm a rookie. What am I gonna say to Don Nelson, a Hall of Fame coach? Mm -hmm. A guy that, you know, coach a lot of players. And coach Terry Cummins. Yeah. You know, yep, yep. Uh, Jack Sigma. Wow. Uh, Terry Cummins, a good friend of mine that he said he swore by. Uh, Don Nelson. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, then you coming in with Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond, and Nick Bowl was there. A friend of mine, you know, he didn't know that, you know, I knew him like I knew him, but Rod Higgins from Thornton mm -hmm. High School, you wow. know. Um, so, uh, man, it was, it was, um, it was just dream come true, man. And and we went on from there, and like we like we say now, basketball now is what Don Nelson was trying to do yes. in the early 90s. That's late right. 80s, early 90s. And he was just ahead of his time of 30 years. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And he looked uh, – And, and now, now Patrick Ewing would have loved to be dribbling the ball up and down the court, you know, and fun and, and shooting threes and all this and all that. But, you know, um, a lot of guys didn't understand yeah. what he was going and how it was going to evolve. And um, – um, you know, the guys today like like uh like Greg Popovich, like mm -hmm. Steve Kerr, and those type of like Nick Nurse. Yes. Uh, those type of people, they they understand, you know, where, of course Dan Tony, who who Dan took Tony. that. Yeah, Mike Dan Tony. Mm -hmm. With Steve Nash and, and his Phoenix Suns to another level. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, but yeah, um, um, you know, it was a dream come true, man. And that's where uh I suppose have been and suppose have um got picked up. And, and, and we went out there and we done our thing. Yes, indeed. And Don Nelson looked 30 years younger now, looking like Jeff Bridges <laughs> in the Big Lebowski, you know? <laughs> so, he does look younger. He, he doesn't, he's not an older guy. He, you know, most That's people right. age when they get like 80, right. 80 81. Yeah, Hawaii, like, that Hawaii yeah, life. <laughs> like he's about 60, man. He looked good. Yeah, looked man. Good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. And Greg Popovich was an assistant on, yeah. on the staff, did yeah. you see greatness in, in Coach Popovich? Did you see it? Did you see that, like, did he have tendencies that really stood out, like, being like, wow, he, could, he has potential to be great? You know, the year that he was there, I tore my ACL. Oh, 93-94. Okay, yeah. that's when Weber, C-Web's rookie year. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's a whole nother story I could have helped out with if, if I was there playing. Oh, or yeah. Yeah, you know, helping those two get together because those, those, those two, Don Nelson and, 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 and Chris Weber couldn't get along at all. I, which is surprising because he fit yeah. right in there, yeah, you know, right it, his skill set. The, the gap of, you know, a coach and a player, player coach, they, he, Don didn't want to give up what he wanted to give up and, and Weber didn't want to do what Don wanted him to do. So I could have helped that out. Wow. But Popovich, um, um, when I was around the last three months, mm. you, you, you can, after the rehabbing and everything, after yeah. the rehabbing, when mm -hmm. I came back, you mm -hmm. can, you can, I was listening to what he had to say and how he was saying stuff. It was, um, eclectic at the time, you know, okay. at the time it was eclectic, yeah. but 
he made sense with it. You know, uh-huh. it, it was like, it was like, you want to do what? And how you want to do it? And, you know, and, and how he talked about it. And we used to walk, we used to walk on the court and just do different stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, um, at that particular time, the season was all, you know, all the way, you know, at the end where we trying to get a playoff and, 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 and make a run in the playoffs and stuff and trying to get a nice seed in the playoff, mm-hmm. which we did because we played Phoenix Suns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember Spree and, and, and Barkley going at it. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I love Charles Spree well. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it, it was um, – but what he was saying, I understood – but he had left, and that's when he, you know, went somewhere else, and then got, you know, did something, whatever. But um, went back to San Antonio eventually, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, went back to San Antonio eventually. You know, done his own thing. But man, it was it was what he was saying. You you could tell he 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 had some brilliance, and mm-hmm. and, and and the outlook of basketball, and what he was putting in, what we had there, he mm-hmm. was gonna implement it when he was a coach and take it another level further. Yes, so indeed. it was uh, – but, you know, when you got Dave Robinson and Tim Duncan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I got to give – but I give him mad credit with all the foreign players that he – like, yeah. that cat had an eye for, like, getting late second rounders, Ginobili, the yeah. last first rounder, and Tony Parker. Like, it's yeah. crazy, you know. <laughs> you know. And Kawhi gotta, Leonard, that's gotta, the rest of history. <laughs> you got to have an eye for talent, and you got to have an eye for how you can develop that talent. I lied, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and, and it's interesting, uh, too. Like, and another thing with Coach Nelson, he didn't get along with Chris Webber. And then Mitch Richmond, I remember no. you said you still don't know. What, what, you know. <laughs> I, we still don't know. What, you know, Mitch knows. Uh, but you know, I tell I, I tell my only one I don't I don't even want to discuss it. I mean, don't, yeah. don't tell me what it was because you know it, I I don't know I don't I don't care. But it, it was just yeah. that was getting to the end for us at that particular time right then and there. If we if we would have kept that team together and put some more people around the nucleus, mm-hmm. uh, we people were people were scared of us. Mm-hmm. People were scared of run TMC. We That's just. Right. Need couple of more other pieces to go with that pie um big pieces i'm talking about big pieces that right. that was going to lay the hammer down you know that's right shot blockers yep rim protectors yeah. yep so, mm-hmm. uh, we could have found that could but uh after he traded mitch it was like you know that wow. we had to find another third person to fit mitch and that wasn't working and it just didn't work from there yeah, I mean, and Spree came on later. Spree came on later, a little later, but but um, but came on later, but but then Nelly left. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. And and it's funny too, Billy Owens. How come? He, what was up with? Because he was the number two pick overall, big guy that can handle the rock, six nine. Like, was it was it the work, a work ethic thing or something with him or shot? The jump shot never was there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. his jump shot wasn't like, you know, even magic jump shot, you know, got better. Right. Billy, you know, never got to where it was constant and, and, and it was, um, you know, that he could make, you know, 50% of, mm-hmm. of the time. And when you can't make 50% of you like Ben Simmons, if you can't make 50% of your jump shot, then teams start to 
bag up off you. And back then it was bigger. The rules was different. You know, they body you. They could do other stuff to you. Hand checking all that. All that type of perimeter. It it was different ball, uh, basketball then. Mm -hmm. But uh, he he had a special talent. Uh, We thought, you know, when he came, we, we were like, man, he got a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. But he just couldn't shoot the basketball, and yeah. and you know our our team was, um, you know it was outside outside then in. Yep. So you, if, if you made your shots, then it would be easy for you to get to the basket. Mm-hmm. But um, you know he just he, his jump shot his through his whole career just not that year his whole career his jump 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 shot never never got better the way we expected. I think everybody expected to get to, but he had great talent. Wow, you know, I had supreme talent wow no doubt here with tim hardaway in the 30th episode of where they at my name is nabate isles and and now tim it's something else like you and chris mullen i gotta ask you because chris mullen is from the from the hollow history of new york city you from the shy i know y'all debated come on now y'all debating on, on who had the the better it was the better city you know what <laughs> molly molly is not like that oh okay okay Chris, Chris is not like that. You know, he he did what he had to do and how he did it and played with the people that he played mm-hmm. with and against. Um, but, you know, we, we, go, we, we, we just don't randomly go back and forth. It's got to be somebody else that brings <laughs> us into that conversation. <laughs> instigator. <laughs> yeah, instigator that brings us into that conversation. And then we just keep going down line, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But, um, you know, it, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with both cities, man. Yeah. You can't go wrong, man. I mean, yes. it, out of New York and the, and the, and the bur- barrels around New York, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it's been some bad boys. I mean, it's a lot of bad boys. But in Chicago, South Side, West Side, you know, North Side, it's been a lot of bad boys coming out of Chicago too now. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, you know, I, I love New York, but I love Chicago. <laughs> Chicago is the greatest city in the world. That's yeah. Just- yeah, it's a beautiful city. I was there for All Star Weekend this past February, and 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 I've been there in the summer where it's like, oh man, yes indeed, yes indeed. It has an energy to it for sure, yeah. like a like a down. It has that down home because it's in the Midwest, but right. it has that metropolitan vibe too, you know. So it's yeah. right in the middle, you know. Absolutely, yes, sir. And and now you went on to to play under Pat Riley, and you talked about that constructive criticism. Now Pat Riley, I remember you said that with him. You got to listen to what he says, not how he says it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's where I was with um, anybody on my team, um, mm-hmm. um, all my coaches. You know, you got you to listen because in the heat of the moment, you could be saying anything, especially in practice. Competition mm-hmm. getting tough. You know, we, we, we going at each other. Two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half Coach hours. Coach Riles in Miami. Let me, let me get to that. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just in the heat of the moment, things that's being said, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't want to hear, sometimes it's all right, sometimes it's not all right. You know, sometimes it's acceptable, sometimes not acceptable. But, you know, um, you know, everything that you, you, you do with your teammates, with coaches, you got to understand it's constructive criticism and you got to understand what they're saying. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at your they face like a teacher. You can look at her face and you'd be like, oh, she hates me. Why does she hate you? Because how she talks to me. Is, are you looking at her face? How she talking to you? Because she could be like, or he could be talking to you in a way that they really want you to get it. And they really want you to excel, but you might be taking it the wrong way. Yep. You know, yep. so when, I, when, when, when I'm looking at a coach's face, I'm looking at him like he really into it. He really meaning what he's saying and what he meaning that we need to do and how we need to do it. I'm not listening to the tone of this voice, how it's coming out. I'm just looking into it like, you know, yeah, you know, he, he really into it. Like I'm into it and this is what he wants it to be done. So yep. I'm, not, I'm not listening to, you know, how he says it. I'm just listening to the message of what he's trying to, to deliver. And that's where I, I was with all my coaches and, and Pat too. And, um, you know, some people don't, don't, don't look at it the way I do. Some people look at it differently, but that's how I looked at it. And um, uh, I love to play ball. So I love to go to practice and I love to, you know, get better at practice. And, um, you know, we was always well, well, well prepared because Pat was well prepared. Um, sometimes we didn't need practice two and a half hours. Sometimes we just, you know, need to take a day off instead mm-hmm. of coming in. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but you know, um, uh, you learn from your mistakes and you can, you can take that as I'm a coach or as I'm teaching kids, I could take that and know when is enough and when to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, but I, I understand the preparedness and the two and a half hour practice. I asked him, how long is the game? He said two and a half hours. There you go. You yep. know, if you prepare yourself for a game and the game is two and a half hours, then you can win, you, you, you can sustain yourself in the game and, and outlast the people that are not playing two and a half hours. That's right. And you have rest points during the game, so it's easier. You have rest points, and, you're going to, and, you know, in practice, you're not going to rest as much. That's and, right. In the game, you know, timeouts and subs and halftime, you know, quarters. So you got a lot of rest time. But, you know, a lot of these, these guys, they, they, they don't want to practice. They want to come in and get jump shots up. They, and then when they don't practice, then they, then they want you to say, then they say, you know, why aren't we practicing? You know, why aren't we getting up and down the court? Well, y'all, you don't want us to practice you all for long or you don't want to practice. And then you say you, you want to practice, but you want to come in and do your own thing. Either you're going to come in and practice Right. Or you just gonna come in and do your own thing. You're just not gonna do either or. Or yeah. I mean, you're not just gonna do something that you just want to do. Just just run up and down the court. No, because if you if it's not a, a practice that that's that's constructive, and the coaches are in there, then they playing out of control and they calling their own fouls. And then the referee. And then when they go, you know, play in front of referees, then they think they get fouled. They're not getting fouled. So you get you have to come up with stuff to help them understand why they need to practice and, and, and what's feasible for them while they practice. And now, but back then we just love to practice. We just wanted to get in there and do it. It was part of our job. It was that, that's what we was required to do. And we love doing it. Yes. And, um, and as, you know, as players, sometimes you'd be like, Hey, you know, not today. We're not going to practice today or I don't want to practice today. I, I, you know, I just need to chill today. And, they, mm-hmm. and coaches understood. Right, right, no doubt. And how was your game different? Because that was after your, your, your ACL tear. How, how did you alter your game when you were with Miami? Um, it wasn't different. Uh, my jump shot 
was was more more lethal mm-hmm. than anything else because that's all I could do was shoot jump shots and go to the free throw line. So it, it, I shot more and more and more jump shots uh, and made more and more more jump shots, and I understood how to you know uh, 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 just. But my game wasn't different, man. My game was still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went back home, um, like in was there was that August, I went back home after my ACL, and I was coming back, and a guy picked me up full court that never ever picked me up full court in my life. Uh-huh. I got the ball, and he was like, he clapped his hands and was like, "Yeah." I've been Uh-oh. waiting for this all year long. I want to see if you if you steal the same if you Tim Hardaway. I said, "What?" He said, "I want to see if you the same Tim Hardaway from last year before you blew out your knee. I'm gonna pick you up full court every day because I don't think you can cross me over anymore. I don't think you go past oh. me anymore. I don't think oh. you got it anymore." I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so so from that 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 point on when he picked me up for a court and all of August and part of September that I was at home, that got those guys got me ready yes. to become the Tim Hardaway that I was before the injury. Because I was skeptical too now. <laughs> I was skeptical too. But when he told me that. And those guys started picking me up, and people started picking me up that never picked me up before at full court. It made me not think of my leg. It just made me think of going out there and busting their ass. That's like right. I mm-hmm. and, and I thank them today because without them, I would have never made more all-star teams after my injury. Without right. them, I never would have had a, a – First team All NBA, mm-hmm. yeah. First team, first put, first team All NBA, and without them, I would have never, you know, uh, uh, had a second career of mine. Because after blowing your knee, you know, people be like, ah, well, you know, woo, you know, that's what they're gonna be. That's what they're gonna be saying about Clay, you know, and I, yeah. and what and what's, and what's helping Clay is he don't have to play until December when they come back, so he has a year and a half off. That's right. so, which is beautiful. So, so I had to come out and prove myself right away. And those guys from Chicago at the Chicago Pro-Am and the pickup games in Chicago helped me to get back to what I need to be. So I, I always thank them. Wow, no doubt. And then the rivalry with the Knicks, because I grew up uh, a Knicks fan. You know? <laughs> and let me tell you, whoo, I mean, 97, the brawl, that was deep right there. And you two were primed, you know? And, and I think that series probably took a lot out of you guys when you went on, went on to play the Bulls, you know? No for sure. No yeah, yeah, talk about that rivalry. And then the Knicks three years straight. Like, yeah. was it karma? Did, did Coach Riley think it was karma for what he did? By leaving? It, was, <laughs> it was karma. No question about it. It was karma. All right. One year, they wasn't even in the playoffs. Next thing you know, they the AC. 99. That's right. And we saw and we saw the games. We was like, oh, ain't this a trip? <laughs> but, but we, you know, it is what it is. And, and you know, that's what it is. But, I'm going to tell you this, man. 
I asked PJ because I'm I'm um I'm uh, I'm shooting a free throw. Mm-hmm. And that's right when he th- when he picked up Charlie right. Ward. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting a free throw, and I'm like, uh, PJ, what what happened? He said, "Man, the man tried to take my legs from up under me. He tried to he tried to cut me like they do in football, and tried to hurt my career." Which he won that Heisman. <laughs> and he, and he picked him up, and so we watched it. I'm like, wow, he sure did. You know, you can say what you want to say, but you, you know, he did, and. Um, it just went from there, man. You know, I was telling, yeah, this guy got off the bench, that guy got off the bench, this what happened, that's what happened. And and the NBA was like, yeah, sure it was. Y'all yep. can't play this game, y'all can't play that game. So, you know, it worked out to our faith. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but uh, you know, and then and you know, but but it all the the Knicks, when I when I got traded there and we was about to play the Knicks, they said this is about to be the the, the, the craziest thing you ever see in, in basketball history. I said, what? They say two teams hate each other. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and when I, when I, when I went out there and started playing, I saw the hatred. It wasn't, you know, I, I had friends when I had Derek Harper, I had uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Patrick Ewing, I had mm-hmm. uh, uh, Charles Oakley, you know, Anthony Mason. I had all them guys was cool with me. We was yeah. all cool on that team. Right. And um, I'm like, what what is wrong? What what why is all this hatred? <laughs> you can feel it in the air, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, people like, you know, every every thing was on pins and needles. Every bounce of the ball was on pins and needles. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Mm-hmm. Both teams. And um, I finally figured it out. It was because Pat Riley left the organization, didn't tell the organization that he was leaving and signing with the Miami Heat. Yep. He ended up being the president and the coach of the Miami Heat. Yep. And via fax, send a fax later. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, everything from that, it went from the league office. <laughs> the, the the New York, the, you know, just the trifecta of New York and the New York Knickerbockers, they it was hatred towards Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And until Pat said, I'm sorry, which he never did until <laughs> the fact, you know, six, seven years later, mm-hmm. he said it was my bad. If I could ever do it again, that's what I would do. I would do over. I would tell them, you know, I'm leaving. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to leave and do this. But supposedly they promised them. They promised them. Yeah, that's all they want. But but you got to tell them something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you promise you something, you can always change your mind. Mm-hmm. But you got to tell them, just don't up and just leave and don't tell them nothing. Leave them hanging. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Right, right. You know, so, so um, um, you know, after that, they, they, they kind of forgave them. They mm-hmm. got kind of forgave them. And, um, you know, uh, but but that's where all the hatred was from, and it, it I mean it was like it was like cutting uh, some meat with a dull knife. <laughs> that's how thick the air was. I'm like, man, this this is absolutely crazy around here. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We took on the challenge. Both teams took on the challenge. Yep. Both teams went out there and played their hardest. We all left it out on the line. Yes. We knew it was a rivalry. Sure and, um, you know, I tell you this, man. I think 
most fun I ever had in basketball in my, my career playing against the Knicks and um, uh, playing at Madison Square Garden and, and trying to beat them there. And, 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 you know, that seven game, you know, when I went off, that was just the icing oh, on the cake. But, seven, but, yep. uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was, uh, man, it, it, they had a tremendous team. They had, a, you know, a tremendous guys that was on that team that had, um, um, you know, a lot of confidence and, and yeah. they want to beat us. And, and, and you know, Alan and I, Alan uh, Houston, um, Spreewell, mm-hmm. Childs, Ward, um, LJ, and that added and that added to the rivalry, LJ and Morning. Oh man, the, you know, the, the, the beef they have from Charlotte, you know, <laughs> that, that, that was something else. I cannot get into that, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the exclusive. <laughs> I'm going to that alone. I'm gonna just leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about something else. Yeah, exactly. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No, he went on to be on the Olympic team and seeing that was that Vince Carter dunk, the greatest dunk you ever seen oh. ever, <laughs> over Frederick Weiss. <laughs> I was sitting right there. We we saw him get the steal. And when he dunked it, when he jumped over the guy and dunked it, <laughs> you know, you know, you know that dunk that he put his elbow on the rim. That's right. Everybody, it, was, everybody was like, "Yeah." <laughs> when he jumped over him and dunked it. It was like, "Yeah, all right." You know, <laughs> like we nobody never seen that before. Yep. He jumped over the guy, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, literally jumped over him and dunked on him. So yeah, man, it, it was um, it was a sight to see. But you know what? I'm gonna tell you this: we had all those egos on that mm-hmm. on that um, on that court. You know, it was all about uh, USA and nothing mm-hmm. nothing else. And we all checked our egos at the door, and um, yes. we all became friends, man. To this day, all of us are friends. And, yes. Uh, we see each other, we give each other a big hug. So, uh, you know, it, and it was genuine, man. It, it wasn't nothing, you know, it wasn't no BS. It was genuine. And, and yeah. we we all looked out for one another while we was there, looked out for each other's family while we was there, which was, uh, you know, some some guys can't say that, but we, we could all say that because we, we all was genuine while we was there. No, absolutely. And, and, and now your son, Tim Jr., who I knew when he played with the Knicks and when I covered the Knicks and everything, good brother. And, um, you know, I know as being a great basketball player yourself and having a son that wanted to do that as well, I know you were tough on him and everything. And, you, you know, and, but you made a change, though. But talk about how, how he appreciates that love and care that you had for him to know that, because he's he's playing well with Dallas and he's really contributed to their improvement. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I was tearing the household up. I was tearing the family up. Um, I was always on him. I guess I wanted him to play like me and be like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but times have changed. You know, the way I grew up is not the way we brought him up or the way you know you bring up a kid. You know, he had a silver spoon in his mouth. So mm-hmm. um, I was I was just killing our family. And, um, you know, my wife was telling me this. And, and, and one day I saw him. I said, come on, man, let's watch the game. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm going to watch the game at the house. So I'm about to leave, go somewhere. And that really hurt me 
because you know my son is not there wanting to watch the basketball with me and and he didn't want to be around me because of um how what I might say and this how you you should play or this how you should do this or you need to play like that stuff mm-hmm. like that so I really had to check myself and which I did I said you know what man I, I I'm 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 going I'm going to uh <clears throat> do something I, I that I'm I would never do I'm not going to talk about basketball to you I'm not going to say nothing about basketball to you we go play basketball mm-hmm. um I'm not going to talk to you about your games after the game. I'm just going to say good game, learn from the experience and that's it. But it hurt me to do that. But I had, you know, but I had to let him learn on his own because um, I was killing him. I was, I was, I was, I was hurting his, him wanting to play the game of basketball and him wanting to um, learn from his own mistakes and, and, and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I was taking the fun away from it. Wow. So, um, so I, I had to check myself. Like again, I, I and it took it, it. It hurt me not to say nothing. It hurt me to bite my tongue. It hurt me to uh, not tell him what he was doing wrong and how to get better. But it helped him out, yep. and that's all I wanted it to do. I want I want him to understand what he needed to do to get better, how he needed to get better. And if he wanted to get better, he'd come to me and ask me, and I'd go out there and help him, not making him mad, just showing him different things, mm-hmm. um, showing him different drills. We go through, through different drills, and you play. But I said, well, if we're on a basketball court, and, and, and you know, I get on you because we're playing together, you're on my team, and I get on you, just understand that's, I want to win. That's fair game. Yep, you know, yep. Mm-hmm. You understand I want to win. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you, yo, you should get that rebound. Or yeah, you should have passed him out or whatever. Just understand that that that's the way it should be. He was like, okay, okay, I I can I can understand that. So yeah, but we still played on the same team. Every time I went to the court, I picked him. He got to play with me. Mm-hmm. So I I threw him the ball all the time. And the people on my team knew I was gonna throw him the ball unless you had a wide open layup. And then I throw you the ball for the layup. But mm-hmm. other than that, it was gonna go to my son. That's and right. yeah, he shoot the last shot for game and all that. So he get understand what he needs to do and how he needs to get better. But, um, you know, after that, you know, he started sitting on the couch with me. We started watching games. We started talking. We started, um, um, you know, having better communication, had a, having a better relationship because our relationship before that was crappy. And um, yeah. that's all I wanted, you know, to have a better relationship. And I, and I advise these parents, you know, it's not you. You're not, you, you, you're not going nowhere. Your time is up. It's their time, and it's all about mm-hmm. them and whatever you can do to help them figure out uh, what they need to do to get better. It's not for you to be in the stands acting a damn fool. It's not <laughs> for you to be in the stands, you know, telling him what he needs to do or telling the coach what they need to do with him. It's not you telling the referee that he called a bad call or anything like that. It's you to keep your mouth closed, give them support, mm-hmm them understand they there you there for them no matter what because they need you to be uh, uh subtle they need you to be respectable and they need to come to you and talk to you and not get hot-headed that's what i need for these parents to understand and once these parents understand that it's not it's not for them it's for their kid yes then it'd be it a you would be better 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and here on the 30th episode of where they're at with the great Tim Hardaway senior. And now Tim Jr. is in the bubble. Were you concerned about the safety of the players beforehand? Because now it turns out that the bubble is the way to go. What was your, um, your thoughts about it when the NBA was first talking about this? And then when Florida became a hot spot, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I think everybody had uh, mixed emotions about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew exactly what to expect until you got there. You know, they could tell you what, you know, what to do and how to do it. This was going to go down. This was going to happen. But when you get there and see this is the way it is and this is the way what you can do and what you can't do and what you're not going to do, the bubble is the safest spot in America right now. <laughs> yeah, and they may, they may w- do next w- season there too. WNBA and NBA, yes, the bubble – is the best place to be at and the safest place to be at in America right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they, they don't have no contact with their family unless you own iPhone or, you know, you, that, what we doing, Zoom or Zoom, something. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's the bad part. You know, yeah. the accommodations are the accommodations. They're not going to be like your, your house. They're not going to be like... Uh, uh, the Rich Carlton, anything like that. This is what it is. The, the NBA is making it uh, where, you know, you, you, you're going to be comfortable and yes, where, you know, we're going to have you do some things, but you can't do everything that you thought you wanted to do. That's right. And, 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 and people understand that now, and they come to grips with that, and they are adhering to what they're supposed to do. So, and, and, and they know it's safe. Yes. You know, yes they know it's safe. So, yeah, man, you know, we all had apprehensions about it. And, you know, Charles Barkley, ah, we shouldn't play basketball. We shouldn't do this. They should let the season go. Let it, you know, let it in. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, you know, I think, you know, the league is doing too much to bring it back. Now, look what he's saying. Oh, I'm happy basketball is back. Uh, well, that's I'm Chuck. Happy that, I'm happy that, you know, that they 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 uh, got the bubble. I'm happy that they doing this. I'm happy that they testing this man. You know, I'm glad that this and that. I'm like, Charles, either you're going to go this way and stay that way or, you know, yeah. stay off the fence, man. <laughs> stop, stop, stop being on the fence and, and, and saying this. And then he going he gonna to hear me and say, well, first of all, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Right, right. Even if you show him the tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, if, you, if you even show him the tape, he's going to try to lie himself out of that. Come on, man. He's going to say know? it's deep, deep fake. Deep fake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Just, just, you know, stop it, man. Stop it. You know, what? Uh, first of all, he, how many first of all does he have? <laughs> one thing. First of all, first, all he's supposed to go first, second, third, then fourth, not first, and then come back to first again and talk about something else, and then talk about first again. Come on, man. <laughs> so, but no, man, but no, I mean, that, but no, that, the safest place is the bubble, and, uh, you know, I think everybody's happy that the NBA is back. Uh, and I'm going to tell you this, man, there's some phenomenal basketball going on bubble look at man look at the phoenix Six Sun. sons devin Woo! booker oh man. Yeah, that. you know you always gotta have one person on the team 
Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you this. The whole team is playing well. Exactly. Exactly. Right. 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 Look, 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 look at, look at, look at the Brooklyn Nets. You know, <laughs> What's up? Decimated. They, they, all, they always play hard. That's right. That's one thing they can always put on their hat. They play hard. Mm-hmm. You, know? Mm-hmm. you know, some, you know, you look at the Dallas Mavericks, they depleted too. They come out, they playing hard too. Yep. Yep. My son is playing well. Lucas playing. I mean, Lucas out of his mind. That yeah, he's he's deep. He's deep. So early in his career, and those pro years in in Spain, in Spain. Exactly. So so he used to playing with pro basketball players and doing what he's doing. But I mean, putting up numbers like that though is 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 ridiculous. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. And now now now, Coach Hardaway, are you going to be there at the bubble uh, to see your son? You know. well, we, we, we can't go. No family can go into the uh, second round. Second round of the playoffs. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So if he makes it to the second round, no question I will be there. I think my wife will be leading the family there. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Yolanda, Yolanda, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll be leading the family, but, you know, we, we will be there. Wow, no doubt. And do you see surprises in the bubble? Because it's a neutral. It's neutral, and and it's and it's a different situation. Um, um, watch out for Portland. Oh That's yes, indeed. Watch out if Portland gets in. Um, L.A. L.A. Lakers gonna have a fight on their hands. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Nurkic is back too. Yeah, like he's, yeah. they got that um, size. Um, you know, Milwaukee. Um. I think they better hope they shooting, you know, stays at 50%, you know, three mm-hmm. point shooting, you know, anywhere 40 to 50%. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because if they get into a law where they can't make shots, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think Giannis going to be enough. Right. And Toronto, do you, you get, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, Toronto mm-hmm. rap. Wow. Oh my God. Yes. They, they playing like the team to be in the in the NBA. That's right. That's right. And Nick Nurse is showing he's he's legitimate, like it's, a great coach. Yes. It's not about it's not about, you know, the LA Lakers, the LA Clippers, the uh the Boston Celtics, uh the uh the Milwaukee Bucks. Toronto Raptors are showing you all. Yeah, we had one guy leave. We have two guys leave, two guys leave, but I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you this. We still the NBA defending champions, and y'all got to come through us. That's right. To dethrone right. us. This that's this right. where it starts, and this where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's how they playing, man. They play, woo, man. Wow. Cal Lowry, Cal Lowry, and and, and um, wow. uh, Van Vliet. Yeah. Oh man, the, I mean, crafty as you can be, crafty. Hooping, them guys are hooping the way it's supposed to be hooping. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh my God, Pascal Siakam taking oh. that. Oh, he's taking level. it to another level. Yeah. Wow. The whole team, the whole team is playing uh, like they supposed to play. They very confident, and mm-hmm. they, they they genuine. They mm-hmm. gen- and they all play hard. That's the main thing. They all play hard, and I love watching them play. Love watching them play. No doubt. Masai Ujiri just shows he made that trade for Kawhi, gambled, got that championship. Kawhi left, and now he's, the team has developed even more. Yeah, yeah, the team has developed more. But, you know, it, it's because of, I think, um, the presence of Nurse, first of all, and he won't let them uh, rest on their laurels. 
He wants more. He wants them to have more. Mm-hmm. And and the guys, uh, Siakam and the rest of them guys, they still hungry. They want to show that, you know, we had, we had Kawhi. Mm-hmm. No question about it. If we didn't have Kawhi, we wouldn't have won. No question about it. Mm-hmm. But we want to show y'all that we can win without him too. That's right. And, that, and, that, and that's what their edge is. No question. No question. Now, now, Coach Hardaway, I got to ask you, who's the most complete point guard in the NBA? Complete. Because we got, we got some great point guards, but who's the most complete? Chris Paul. Right now. Still. Still. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, he, he is not getting enough recognition. What he's done. He's controlling this whole situation with OKC basketball. Unreal. You know, I don't. I don't think um, uh, Russell Westbrook had the mind to to take this team to that that level where mm-hmm. they at now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about he would be frustrated with stuff. Yep. He, you know, he he's a perfectionist, but he would be frustrated. Um, I think Chris Paul has calmed down a lot and understand how to control a team and understand how to uh, put confidence in players to help them grow as basketball players. Mm-hmm. And that team around him, you could tell, has rallied around him and has and, and planned very, very well. So Chris Paul is, is a complete point guard because he controls the tempo he controls how his team plays, and he controls the game. Mm-hmm. When you do all those, that that's a complete point guard. Wow, and 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 Dame Lillard, what do you think? Well, as as I mean, I mean and, uh, Dame, his scoring Dame, abilities. I look at Dame Lillard, Lillard as more of a he, two, right? More of a two. Mm-hmm. You know, him and McCullen, they they not point guard. They they they're shooting guards. They mm-hmm. they guards that put the ball in the basket. Um. Chris Paul is doing, you know, defense, um, offense, constructing, mm-hmm. you know, um, how the guys play. That's right. Um, teaching them, talking to them, coaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's a complete basketball player. That's a complete point guard. No question about that. Now, we're going to do real quick before I let you go, sir. Fast break segment. Uh, this is a segment I do with with uh, actually. If you were a baseball player, it'd be hit and run. If you're a football player, it'd be no huddle. You know, if it was yeah, if you're a good. tennis player, it'd be serving volley. <laughs> you know, fast break. That's cool. fast break. I like, that. I like yes. that. Yes, sir. So so here we go. Here we go. The best trash talker you've encountered in your career. In my career, I've been a lot. I've been around a lot of trash talkers in my career, but I, you know, and 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 I'm talking about outside of the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, guys that, that, that I'd say one guy in the NBA, Gary Payton, no doubt about it. <laughs> outside the NBA, a guy named Carl Harris in Chicago, no doubt okay. about it. So okay. I, yeah, I got two inside the NBA, definitely Gary Payton outside Carl Harris. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. Now most bizarre teammate or eccentric you know, like, just give a better word. Eccentric. <laughs> oh, man. Someone like a spaceman from Sunset Park or something. <laughs> P.J. Brown. Okay. Brown. You know, you could be talking to him, and he looking up. you like, 
what are you looking up at, PJ? We in a gym. What are you looking at? He's like, oh, I'm just thinking. I, and they said, you know, he'd be looking at the birds up there or something. I'm like, come on, man. And I mean, it, it, he he just be like that. I, that yeah, he, he, that's the way he was. <laughs> that's right. You can't figure it out. Just let him be. Let him be. <laughs> well, now, if basketball didn't exist, which profession would Tim Hardaway Sr. excel in? Oh, in sports or just in general? In general. In general, I, I, I love giving back. I love giving back to my, uh, my community. Uh, I love going back, talking to, um, to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love trying to keep the kids out of trouble and make them understand, you know, um, how to conduct themselves, how to respect themselves, how to respect people. And mm-hmm. um, so, so a social worker, some type of kind, um, and out there in the community, giving my community service. Okay, dig, dig, I dig that. Um, oh, now, and I remember, I remember reading law that you were into law back yeah. when you gave so so giving oh, yeah. back and doing that. Yeah. Justice, I was yeah. criminal justice major. Yes. Ah, that's killing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You you think about that law degree? Never too late. Uh, no, it's ne- it's never it's never too late. But I, you know, I, I I'm I'm still in basketball. I want to teach basketball. I want to help these kids and and playing basketball, but I still, you know, I still use my background and uh, to go in and, and coach these kids and, and make them understand what they need to do uh, outside of basketball, outside of sports, mm-hmm. to uh, go get their degree or to uh, stay out of trouble and how to stay out of trouble and what they need to do to, uh, like I said, respect themselves and respect other people. Word. I was thinking you being the, the basketball version of Alan Page, you know? Alan Page, great guy. Great guy. Yes, indeed. Great yes. guy. Well, now, most underrated player during your playing years, that guy that didn't get that, that's forgotten about now? Rod Strickland, Kevin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No question. You know, enough said. You go watch Rod Strickland and Kevin Johnson play, you'll know what I'm talking about. Ooh, of course. They was monsters. They was yes. monsters. Yes, indeed. Rod Strickland, another NYC from the Bronx, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So now, the best game you've seen your son play? The best game? Ooh, man, you know, he got me out of my seat when he was playing with the Atlanta Hawks. I know, he, which, I know which game I think. Against the Houston Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, that was a performance. And he, he was dunking on everybody. Yes. He was shooting. Threes, he was shooting twos, making laps. Yeah, that's the game I remember. He had me out my seat. <laughs> my seat. That was I a was TNT playing. game too. TNT yeah. Thursday I'm, night. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this. I'm, and they won that game too. I'm gonna tell you this, mm-hmm. man. I was sweating. I was up <laughs> clapping. I was sweating. I was I, like, I was at the game on the bench. That's how I was. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt, absolutely. Well, now, now the film, the the film you can watch over and over and over again, a movie you never get tired of. Oh, man, Fast and Furious. Okay, first one, the original. The original, uh, the second one, the third one, all of them. (laughs) And and, and I love, I'm a Marvel person, you know. Oh, superheroes, yeah. All the Marvel stuff of... uh, of, uh, the Avengers and all that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the Avengers, mm. all of them. Yeah, I could watch them over and over. My wife say, "You you got them on again?" <laughs> yes, I love this type of stuff. 
Wow, no doubt. And R.I.P. to Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious series, yeah. you know, R.I.P. And also the Iron Man, too. R.I.P. to Iron, Iron Man, you know. Oh, oh, I gave that away. Uh, I gave that ending away. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that. <laughs> I mean, but hey, you know, I mean, I mean they got to watch the movie, though. They That's right. Go. But he, <laughs> he was the catalyst to it, everything, though. He, he That was the first one, Iron Man, basically, mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah. That's right. Wow. Now, favorite song or album from a Chicago music artist oh man you know i'm gonna say this man i it, it's a lot of them mm -hmm. but man you know i i grew up with r kelly okay yep 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 r kelly. you know yeah. r kelly got some whew, he got some we, bad cuts of out. course of course and he played and you know and of course he played, he played with ben with ben wilson and and, and simeon he played with all of us, all of us. Uh, so, yeah. was he nice was he nice like was he no Okay. He, wasn't, he wasn't all that. He wasn't all that. But I mean, he could play. But you know, he he been like the last person to pick up. You know, oh, so okay. yeah, he's like, oh, okay. All right, I got Kelly. All right, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> and what what you think of J Cole talking about trying out for the league? Well, you know, it, it, I'm gonna tell you this, man. You know, you pick up basketball is totally different from training camp. Yep. Um, from doing it every day at training camp and, and playing against these these NBA guys and, and getting switched on, you switching on somebody, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. So so um, I, I I I see he could play basketball, but pick up basketball and, and and what what you need to show somebody what you could do because nobody is really playing you know defense on you. Nobody's really up in your face. Nobody's not letting you go to the hole or, mm -hmm. or prevent you from doing stuff. So um, I'm not saying he can't play. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, um, you know, it's different in a training camp. It's different in a real setting playing against these guys. And they and this is their livelihood. And they've been doing this all their lives and yeah. getting, you know, getting paid for it. You're getting paid for music, you know, and that's what you did in music. These guys getting paid for playing this game. And they've been doing it for a long time. So uh, uh, be careful what you ask for. That's right. And Master P learned that. Master P, you know, Percy Miller that's learned right. that. That's, that's what I was saying. And Master P is charging them up. Yeah, yeah, J. Cole, yeah. yeah. Look at your lesson. What happened yeah. to you? <laughs> for sure, no doubt. And last question on the fast break segment. The one person dead or alive you will break bread with? Oh, man. Oh man, dead or alive? Well, you know what? I'll tell you this: I break bread with uh, President Obama. That's why I want Chicago. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that will happen sooner than later because I know he's a fan of yours. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. We know each other, and, uh, but you know he's a very busy man still. Maybe when it's closed <laughs> down after this after this campaign, you know, trail we're trying to do right now, you know. Uh. You know you know, so we 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 uh, get this president up out of here. We you have dig? To hard work we got to do, everything to calm down. That's right, for sure. Wow. So so Coach Hardaway, now I gotta ask you, UTEP, real quick. Ron, Ronnie Terry doing well with them. You know, went from yeah. eight wins to seventeen wins. Like so, uh, how's UTEP looking? Like, cause Tim Floyd was there. You know, had had a great stint there. And of course, Tim Floyd was an assistant, I believe. Right when, I when you there. when you were there. So so, what do you think of Coach Ronnie Terry and, and how he's doing there? I think he's doing a fabulous job. He just needs to get some kids there. Um, you know, recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, just going, to, going into his third year now. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, you, you got to give it time. You got to give it time. But the best thing is 
the uh I was gonna say the GM, but he's not the GM. The uh the athletic director has uh, uh confidence in him and has you know him behind him to uh to work with him. And he sees the fortitude that uh, that the coach has and uh, Rodney Terry has. And I think that um mm. you know he everywhere he went. You know he did a good job. That's right, President so State. I, yep. Yeah, mm, no before thing. that, so, mm-hmm. um, I think that that he's going to do a great job there, and and I believe I believe in him. I talk to him all the time, and I told him if you need my help, I you know I help you out with Chicago guys or whatever. But um, that's what's you know, up. Um, um, he's a good guy, and he does he does it the right way. So it's gonna get back to the promised land and and where it used to be at when we was there. So it just takes time, and he and he's the right guy for it. No doubt. And now you're starting five Chicago lineup all time. I'm putting you right on the spot. And you can include yourself if you want. Okay. I, I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. To starting five, Tim Hardaway. Yep. Um, Isaiah Thomas. Ooh, that back. Oh, Lord. Um, um, Anthony Davis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the four or five. Um, I have him at the five. At the five, okay, okay. Yep. I have D Wade at the three. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have D Wade at the three, and then I have uh, Mark Guy at the four. Oh yeah, Mark. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, oh lord. That, <laughs> I was, that's great. I, I was, I was going to say Terry Cummins, but you know Mark. Mark. Woo. Mark. <laughs> was our boy. Yes, he was. Oh my God. Number one pick overall. People forget. Yeah. Three-time yeah. All-Star, yeah. he dropped nearly 30 one season for Dallas, you know? Yeah. Almost almost beat the Lakers in 88. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, so, indeed. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, so that's my starting five, Chi-Town. You know, no doubt, no doubt. Wow, but Coach Hardaway, I know you have to go. I, I got to say thank you for all the time that you gave me. On, and it's such an honor and, and a privilege to talk with you. I enjoy watching you play. That UTEP two-step, that crossover. I was a Golden State Warriors fan at that time because of Run TMC. Chris Mullen, because I'm a Queens guy. He went to St. John's. You, right, Mitch right. Richmond. Oh, man. Yes, indeed. But I thank you for the honor to interview you on, on uh, Where They At. Appreciate you, sir. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. I had a great time and continued success to you. Thank you all for listening to the 30th edition of Where They At with the great Tim Hardaway Sr. Going to be a Hall of Famer soon, one of the great point guards in the NBA over the past 30, 35 years for sure. I mean, he definitely definitely revolutionized the game and also what a great individual. And, and as you can hear, just extremely wise and a sage when it comes to just life in general, not just playing basketball, but life in general, how to conduct yourself and how to be able to, to continue to get better and continue to grow and learn from life lessons. So it was awesome to have uh, Mr. Tim Hardaway senior on the 30th edition of where they at and wow another great episode in the can and make sure to listen to those other episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher iheart radio they're all available so make sure you subscribe and or follow uh, so you can be able to stay posted on what's going on with where they at and also if you like the music that you hear that's from my album 
Eclectic Excursions, and you can definitely listen to it on my website, N-A-B-A-T-E-I-S-L-E-S.com, Nabateas.com. And you can be able, and it's available, of course, on all digital platforms like Apple Music, like Amazon, like Google Play, like Tidal, like Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. The album is available. And on my website, those links are there on the website as well. Also, Catropolis Radio Network as well. Make sure to listen to my show which is streaming on Catropolis Radio Network is C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S Radio Network. It streams every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. But also you can check out each episode. If you go on the website, you can be able to check, check out each episode as well. And check me out on social media, which is on Twitter. You could go W-H-E underscore R-E-T-H-E-Y-A-T. And that's where they at with the underscore between the E and the R. And then on Instagram, it's W-H-E dot R-E-T-H-E-Y-A-T. Of course, with the dot in between the E and the R for Instagram. And then on Facebook, it's where they at podcast. You can check that page out as well. Thanks again for listening. My name is Nabate Owls. Be safe, be blessed, stay woke. Black Lives Matter, as always. Take care, everybody. God bless.